G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, when we look all around us, it's hard not to see that some uh, feel worried, some are depressed, some are even overwhelmed. Well, Christians can be especially sensitive when waves of evil or immorality or ungodliness seem to be sweeping the planet. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been writing about these challenges, but not without hope. And in one of his articles this week, he's been reflecting on a time when Christ shall put everything under his feet. Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Always great to be with you. Bill, you say we must never forget that Christ is Lord and he rules now. This is like a heading for your article, putting everything under his feet. Uh, What does all this mean? Yeah, it's the old kind of uh, Christian view of things. On the one hand, we await his second coming, in which he certainly will put everything finally under his feet. But there's a sense now uh, because of his first coming, uh, that he's already, he's doing this. He's, he's Lord right now, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, we see, as you say, a lot of ungodliness, a lot of evil, and it seems like, you know, where is he? You can ask God, where are you? But he's working out his purposes. He's still on the throne, but we do look forward to that day when finally all his enemies are put under his feet, as we read in places like Psalm 8, Psalm 110. So uh, now for some believers that might oh, well, sound a bit, oh, that's Old Testament-ish, you know, God's wrath and judgment. Uh, give me some New Testament. So I remind folks in my recent piece that uh, these Old Testament Psalms are actually among the most quoted uh, verses in the entire New Testament. So if you're looking just to get the new, well, you can't ignore uh, talk of putting enemies under his feet in the like. So uh, both good news and, uh, well, uh, a bit of a worrying news if you're still shaking your fist at God, pretending that he is not on the throne. Just We'll get to those Psalms, and I might just ask you which ones, but before we do, Bill, when things are going good, uh, things seem to be going right, uh, the thought that he will put everything under his feet seems to have less impact. But if you are really experiencing things are not going well, uh, or you're Mm. noticing that evil is prevailing, then these sorts of thoughts become a whole lot more meaningful to you, don't they? So, uh, so when things are not going well, it, in some ways, you know, inspiration or revelation from God seems to make a whole lot more sense. Well, absolutely, and we should have this sense of things are not really going all that well. All you have to do is love God, His Word, His law, His uh, will, and you see that you know none of that seems to be happening in the world today. 
you mentioned your uh, coming guests will talk, among other things, about uh, human sexual trafficking. Uh, of course, we have a popular film right now, Sound of Freedom, dealing with that very issue. That alone, just that one issue, should grieve the heart of all believers, should make us feel like, wow, Lord, come quickly. This is so horrible what's happening to so many women and children. So, yeah, we should always have a sense in which, praise God, it's another day, great to be alive, and yet we still do not find everything put under his feet, as we read in Scripture. So we long for that day. We yearn to see God bringing about real justice, bringing an end to injustice, to evil, exploitation. So there's, again, this kind of a mix in the Christian life. We enjoy every day that the Lord has made, and yet we long for a new day in which uh, all evil and all ungodliness will come to an end. You know what? We're going to be exploring mercy, and it's going to be a really good, even, I think, continuation of this conversation we're having now, Bill, because there's some big dimensions that I've been discovering in preparing for these conversations that really I think are going to be eye-opening for lots of listeners as they've been eye-opening for me as I've been uh, thinking through these things because our guests that are coming up, uh, they're working with this concept of mercy not only for those who are victims but also for the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me, even even as you're saying just a few moments ago, those who might be still shaking their fist at God right now, uh, there is a sense in which God's mercy is here and available to all, but a time will come when that mercy will cease and justice comes into play. Any thoughts here? And we'll get to those psalms in just a few moments. But any thoughts here? Because, you know what, there can seem to be for some a contradiction in terms and some of these things no doubt will come out in conversation today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of First uh, and Second Peter, which kind of nicely ties this together, right? There's that portion where the scoffers at God are saying, where's the promise of his coming? Things are going along just like they always have. I don't see the Lord coming back. I don't see him anywhere shaking things up. But uh, Peter says, hey, this is, well, days of mercy. He is allowing uh, this kind of delay, if you will, between his more people, including those who shake the fist, to come to Christ to know his mercy and to find salvation. But we dare not presume upon that mercy. It won't last forever. He is coming back. And those who have refused to bow now, right, willingly, gladly to the Lordship of Christ will one day bow. Well, <laughs> they won't have any choice. Their heads will hang in shame and they will realize they were wrong about their atheism. They were wrong about who God is. And so everyone will, one way or another, bow the knee to the risen Lord. Let's come back to these psalms that you were talking about. Um, The way that, you know, God has promised to put all things under his feet. And uh, we'll see that uh, under his feet being the reference to the coming Messiah. Uh, Thoughts here on those psalms you're talking about? Yeah, well, two of them certainly come to mind straight away. Psalm 8, where 
again, David will apply himself to both, and yet we see in the New Testament Christ being the real, the true fulfillment, the true David, if you will, of these things. So Psalm 8 talks about how he's made uh, him a little lower than the heavenly beings, but he's crowned him with glory and honor, given him dominion over the work of his hands, put everything under his feet. Psalm 110, more of the same, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I'm a footstool for your feet. So again, kind of a military imagery here. In fact, if you know much about the ancient Near East, that's just what happened, right? A conquering king would put his foot on the neck of the prostate uh, uh, enemy that he had defeated, right? Lying on the ground, prostrate, uh, foot on the neck. This was a pretty powerful picture of, hey, I'm the one in charge. I've conquered. You're the defeated foe. And so that's an image God uses of his son one day doing the same to his enemies. And obviously, spiritual enemy, Satan, and the demons will obviously be in that camp. But as we say, Sadly, there are many who today will not uh, bow before the Lord, and uh, if they don't do it willingly today, they will do it <laughs> one day, whether they like it or not. So all these psalms, as we say, not just kind of powerful military images, but repeated often in the New Testament. I think I counted at least 10 times in the New Testament, Jesus himself, Paul, writer to the Hebrews, often appealing, especially to Psalm 110, as good news, good news for believers. Hey, we may be in the thick of things now. It may look like we're losing everywhere. It may look like evil is coming in like a flood, but hey, Christ is still Lord right now, and one day he will indeed come putting his enemies under his feet. Bill, what do we understand uh, from a biblical foundation about lordship? I mean, so many people, you know, it'll flow off our tongues so easily when we're talking about our Lord Jesus Christ and and uh, crying out to God in a time of distress, Lord, uh, you know, come and save me. This lordship, this has got a, a deeper expression, a deeper meaning too for us, especially when we talk about, you know, things being put under his feet. How do you understand, understand that sort of terminology? Yeah, well, several things come to mind. One, we can refer to this very term, Lord. It's a title more than a name, right? And Christ means Messiah, Jesus, as we know, a form of the Old Testament Hebrew words, which talks about Jehovah saves. So you got a lot of idea of uh, God who saves, but there's also the idea of Kyrios, Lord. Jesus is Lord. It's a title, just like, say, right back in the time of Christ. You know, these big rulers who thought, boy, they are really powerful guys, and they had these titles. You know, they were types of lords. They expected people to bow before them as lord, and Jesus came along, really upset the apple cart, uh, claiming, I am the one true lord. And, uh, you know, all of you guys, sure, God has delegated authority to human rulers, so there's a place for human governments, but they, too, are delegated authority. If they try to, uh, you know, uh, pretend God doesn't exist, they will be held to account. Caesar was Hitler, Stalin. They all are held to account. And there's a, a meme making the round. If you're into memes, I included this in my piece. But if you know your 
Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. There's a scene where King Theoden is told by Aragorn, we have to fight. There's a big battle going on, and uh, King Theoden is a bit hesitant. He says, you know, I, I will not risk open." And Aragorn says to him, fair is upon you whether you would risk it or not. So some clever uh, Christian took this meme and made it into a little kind of a Christian message saying, uh, well, Theoden says, I will not accept Christ as Lord. And Aragorn says, Christ is Lord, whether you would accept him or not. So that's kind of the message, right? Even if you're a pagan who doesn't even believe God is there, he is still Lord right now, whether or not you accept him. But one day, Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So again, we got the choice. Willingly, happily now, making him Lord or uh, a bit of coercion one day when he comes in power and might and glory. So our prayer, of course, people come to know Christ now uh, before he comes one day as judge. And, of course, uh, preempting what the conversation might be in the next hour ahead after our conversation now, this mercy of God that is so much his gift to us, available now, and mm. that's part of, isn't it, this message of reconciliation. This is part of the good news that we carry as Christian believers, that God is merciful now, but these things for the future show that all things are under his feet and that time of mercy uh, mm. may well be met with that time of judgment. But right now, this is, this is the open opportunity, isn't it, Bill, uh, where yep. we willingly, gladly bow the knee uh, to one mm. true sovereign uh, because uh, the ramifications of saying no may be unbearable to even think of. Yep. Look, um, well, it's real to me. Um, you know, we talk about God is merciful. He's infinite, but his mercy to his creation will not go on forever. There will be a time, right, when this free offer of his grace and mercy comes to an end. And we never know. You know, we might think, well, I'm not worried. Uh, two days ago, I was at a funeral. A month ago, I was at a funeral, right? People, you know, you can listen to this broadcast walk out your door, get hit by a truck. Hopefully that doesn't happen to your listeners. But the idea that either Christ is coming back one day or our days are numbered, right? We just do not know. Uh, accident can happen, a sickness, uh, anything can happen. And well, your time of mercy then has come to an end. So are you now ready to meet your Lord? That is the message. So please, do not waste any day of your life if you've not yet bowed the knee willingly, gladly, because of who he is, someone who died for your sins, wants to extend mercy to you, forgiveness, pardon. That's good news. Well, do it now. Don't put it off because you'd hate to have somebody coming to your funeral in the next week or so. And you think, boy, I blew that one. I, I, I had a chance and I didn't make use of it. So these Verses about putting everyone under his feet, it's kind of a warning as well as a hope. Uh, it's good news for us. Evil will be defeated. But if you're still shaking that fist at God, well, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you're not a little bit afraid yet, you better get smart, right? You better know who is God, who is who isn't. 
And that word hope important here too, Bill, because I'll often say that the hope we have for our future is power in our present. And so when you recognize this Lord that we worship and uh, he is our Lord and our Savior and he has promised us a future, uh, there's there's power in the present that comes from understanding this hope in the future. And when you have that little illustration, he's going to put all things under his feet. Uh, This is a powerful hope that we have when we're going through difficult circumstances today. Yep. Amen. And again, history helps, right? Back then, 2,000 years ago, Jesus and his 12 disciples, motley crew, you know what, you're going you're gonna to shake up the Roman Empire? Well, guess what? The Roman Empire is no more. But those motley uh, disciples, uh, the funny gang of 11 or 12, uh, their message, their work continues to this day. Millions, billions of people have come to know Christ over the last 2,000 years. Empires come and go. Thugs, rulers, dictators, tyrants, they come and go, but the Christian faith remains. So, yeah, hope is there always, despite how dark it may get, how gloomy and bleak things seem to be. And they're getting pretty bad in the West, I hate to say it. But there's always hope because Christ is still Lord now, and soon enough he will come and all will bow the knee and every tongue will confess. So that's good news indeed. Well, one of Bill's articles this week, he's been reflecting on a time when Christ shall put everything under his feet. You can read the latest article that we're talking about today at BillMuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Outstanding insights as always. Bill Muhlenberg, thank you so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.